0: Hey there, welcome once again to Songs and Stories. I'm Michael Gaither, and this is Songs and Stories, episode number 170. And it's going to be a good one. Well, hopefully they're all good. I enjoy doing them. I hope you enjoy listening to them. We'll be talking to Ron Wilson in just a little bit. But first, a, uh, a quick update on kind of what I've been up to. Uh, I've been talking about the new record for a while now, and Hey Karma um, has made some charts. It's been on this Roots Music Report r- report. For the last, I don't know, four weeks or so. It's in the top 20 Americana in California. It's actually broken the top 30 Americana U.S. Um, there's several charts that do this, and several different stations report to different charts. And I think in my case, it's probably mostly because of K-Pig Radio locally, but also KKUP in Cupertino. I know KZSC in Santa Cruz, KVMARP in Nevada City, uh, some other stations who actually report what they play. So all that kind of bubbles up. And I've never made a chart before. In fact, I was at a show a couple weeks ago. Jeffrey Halford and the Healers were in Aptos, and Jeffrey's going to be on this show very, very soon. We were talking, and we did a record trade, and we talked a little bit, and he goes, you know you're on the Roots Music Report? And I said, no. And he goes, no, I'm not BSing you. Go home and look. And I'm like, wow, there I was. It's pretty exciting. I'm not sure exactly what it means, but... There's a chart, there's Gurf. there's other people I admire, there's Chris Stapleton, and Wade. down there somewhere is my little Hey Karma CD thumbnail cover, so it's, it's kind of exciting. It hasn't, hasn't happened to me before, it Means people are playing the record, and it's, it's a fun record. I'm happy with it, and people seem to like it, so it's, it's exciting all around. And actually, as we, as we speak, um, this week, I'm actually doing some promotion for the first time, so some copies are going out. I've never done this before. I have a promoter kind of helping me out, targeting mainly California, some East Coast, some satellite stations. So, you know, you don't do a record very often. Let's see what happens. It seems to be getting some airplay and people like it. So it's kind of fun. And if you haven't uh, listened to it or taken a look, michaelgaither.com is where you can find all about Hey Karma. And if you happen to be catching this podcast on kc cafe radio during your weekend um hey karma is up on their site you can go and look for me michael gaither and their five menu favorites you can select tracks to request and have it played on kc cafe radio Radio.com. and uh i think starting next week there'll be some promotion going out with me talking about the songs before they play so uh, have a look have a listen meanwhile I call this podcast All in Good Time, and that has a couple of different meanings. We'll be talking to Ron Wilson for a while today, R H A N Wilson.com, One of our favorite local musicians, plays with everybody. He's a teacher, uh, songwriter, composer, arranger, producer, kind of does everything. And I've always admired him. I first got to know Ron Wilson... Through these shows called Altered Christmas that he did for several years at the Rio Theater in Santa Cruz. And we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. And what he did is he took Christmas songs and turned them into, played them in minor keys. And it was kind of, it was twisted, it was altered, it was fun. It was kind of a a remedy to a traditional Christmas show. And that's where I first heard of him. And then I just kept following around and watching him play and getting to know him. And he um, recently did a book called All in Good Time. All in good time, because the book came out about a year ago, and we've been talking about doing this interview for about a year or so. All things happen in good time. The book itself is kind of geared toward the ukulele player, but it's really probably the most unusual music book you'll ever read, and I mean that in the best of all ways. It's a series of essays for people who either haven't played an instrument or thought they couldn't play or have been told they couldn't play or shouldn't play, or shouldn't sing. It's a series of essays that talk about why you should and how you can, without getting into a lot of theory, how to get together and participate and play and where this book came from. And so we talked about the book. We got together a couple of weeks ago around my kitchen table. And this interview starts off as a tangent. We talk about the thing I like about Ron is he puts together these great music projects. And that's what I kind of like to do, too. Sometimes you have a band with regular players, and you go and you get gigs, and you practice, and that's fun, and that's one kind of animal. The other kind is, let's do a show about this at this venue, and you target just that one event. And if it goes well, maybe you'll do it somewhere else some other time. That's kind of what happened with Altered Christmas, and Ron's done that several times. So we're going to talk about music as projects. We're going to talk about a little bit of branding, which I don't think we've done on this podcast before. Branding and kind of how you let people know what you do. Um, You'll find out, Ron says, sometimes the poster dictates the show sometimes. So if you take your design background and gear it that way. My album kind of started that way. Hey, Karma started off as a CD cover. So I kind of related to that. So there's a lot of good stuff in here. Let's get right to it. He'll play a song at the end of the interview that's in an altered minor tune, not a Christmas song, but you'll have to wait to hear it. It's really cool. Meanwhile, Ron Wilson, R H A N Wilson.com, is where you can find out where he's playing, about his new band, Jazz the Dog. We'll talk about that. And the book, All in Good Time. Here we go. Here's me and Ron Wilson talking about a little bit of everything. This room has really good acoustics. All right. So. Yeah. So, like I was saying, in the spirit of your book, this will be like an improvisational conversation. Okay, good. No notes, no questions. So, welcome to the house finally, Ron Wilson. Thank you. Yeah, and we've for been happening. talking about doing this for at least a year and a half, but uh, yeah, things happen when they're supposed to, so. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Before the recording, we were talking about um, looking at you know different gigs and different types of places to play. and. And you 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 made a a comment that I really like about you, and that's what I try to do is sometimes you look at things as projects. And I first learned about you from Altered Christmas. So talk about that a little bit, okay? And then we'll just bump. We'll just fast forward. Well, um, that had to be like a massive project. You did it for how many years?
1: Oh, I did for about eight years. Yeah, and um, you kind of jumped from the idea of projects, which is one conversation. To the particular project, which was Ultra Christmas, okay so um, the idea of projects for me is um, if you have a band mm-hmm. then you have four or five guys or gals or whatever that right. you have to sort of deal with all the time and oh, I see and um, and that's fine, and I've been in bands like that before. Mm-hmm.
0: But or it's kind of an ongoing thing.
1: Yeah, it's an ongoing thing, and you work out issues, and there's the diplomacy, and there's the democratic process in some bands. And I really want to play this song. I really don't want to play this song. Yeah, so there's there's that, and and I think that's a wonderful thing. And I've done that before. But what um, what I like doing uh, to give me a little more freedom is to think of these as projects. So mm-hmm. I come together and talk to people that I want to work with, mm-hmm. and we have. One goal in mind is to do a particular gig, right? And that way, when it's done, if we want to continue, heck, let's do it again or let's do some more projects. But if something doesn't quite work so well, nobody's insulted, nobody it's has any okay. feelings hurt because it was like a one-off job. You kind of had your end game and you did it. Didn't yeah, you? yeah. So there's success. There's nothing but success, and then that's, I'm that's a really free. smart way of looking. Yeah. Well, you know, the the downside of that is. Um, you don't ha- always have a consistency, mm-hmm. but the upside is those people that you work with again know what you're like, want to work with you. You build some chemistry. Up. Yeah, and so um, the way we're doing it right now is, uh, we'll jump to this later I sure. suppose, but my four piece I'm playing with now are people that know what to expect and mm-hmm. I know what to expect. And they've been in other projects. Yeah. So you've- got some history and yeah so this altered christmas project started as a recording project all by myself in recording studios up in san francisco oh, i didn't know that okay. and um as a joke i played um i think deck the halls was the first song mm-hmm. and um, i recorded it um actually that song i started here at Knoll Gott studio on seventh avenue harbor okay. recording and um I was so amused by "Deck the Halls" in a minor key; mm-hmm. it was hilarious. <laughs> um, and so I said, "Well, let's let's do another." So I started to do just Christmas songs, mm-hmm. and so it turned out to be a whole album.
0: Yeah,
1: um, I actually did two CDs. And then um, Ukulele Dick mm-hmm. sent me, who I've known since I was eight years old. Wow! Yeah, he was one of my first guitar teachers.
0: He wrote me a note and if saying... And he's, if he's listening, he was probably nine at the time or something. Oh yeah, he yeah. wasn't much older. Yeah, yeah.
1: So um, he wrote me this note saying he absolutely loved, he thought it was brilliant. And he's a
0: guy who likes to put on shows.
1: Oh, he loves putting on shows. Yeah. He's got one coming up soon. Right. Um, so he said, hey, why don't you come over to the ukulele club and let's play some of your Christmas songs. Nice. And I said, I don't even know how to play the ukulele. He goes, well, I'll give you one and I'll show you how and... I went there and it was the best reception I've ever had. I'll bet. To playing. Yeah, You know, a hundred or so people loved what I did, mm-hmm. bought my CDs. And so um, I don't know when, uh, maybe the next year, we did something at the Cayuga Vault. Okay. So that was a little, and that was one of the first times I've ever booked a show and then played the show that I booked. Mm-hmm. There's something about booking a show. If you're non-committal, it's very uh, scary thing to do is to to say, yes, mm-hmm. I will be here on this date with something. Right, right. So we did that for a year, yeah. and then the place had to close. Yeah. And I wanted a little bigger pl- place, <clears throat> little bigger venue, the Vets Hall wasn't quite right, Loudon no. Nelson didn't work out,
0: Yeah.
1: and Dave Egan, at the mm-hmm. Rio Theater, who's also an old friend of mine, he said, come on, just do it at the Rio. That's a big step up from Cleve Vault. Yeah, from 100 people to up to 600 right. people.
0: no pressure there.
1: Oh, real scary. <laughs> yeah. But he said, come on, we'll all help. You nice. know, I'll help you with the sound. We'll do it. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually brought in about 400 people. That's pretty good. And um, just a little word to people who put on their own shows is just sending out a flyer is does not sell a show. No. I probably hand sold almost every one of those 400 tickets.
0: That's the, that's the what does the what Terry I say the part that ain't art. You know, you've got to really hit every channel and you've got to get yeah. people personal. Yeah.
1: And I had tickets on me and every time somebody was interested, I'd say here, you can get a ticket right now mm-hmm. as opposed to saying, well, why don't you go online because people have this thing where they oh, they'll procrastinate. If,
0: they, if if you're thinking about it, it's an impulse buy. Like yeah. If like if you're in front Do of it. them
1: and yeah. And speaking of, um, you know, this is all part of what I feel strongly about, is um, nobody, unless you're wealthy and you can hire publicists and marketing people, you got to sell your own stuff. Mm -hmm. And I actually find it really interesting and challenging to learn how to do that. And um, I've worked for a couple of great salesmen who've owned magazines and newspapers, Mm -hmm. and I've learned quite a bit about selling from them. And even though I sort of loathe the idea of salesman to a certain extent, what I've
0: learned is you have to believe in what you're doing. I was gonna and say. And it I, sells itself. Yeah, I could never be a salesperson, but it's like with my own music or shows that I put on, Yeah. if I book somebody, it's because I really want people to see him. whether I'm doing a house concert or at a venue, my own stuff. It's like, if I'm gonna do like my release party last month, I pulled in some extra people, It was we did it at Jansen Music, It was I go, this is kind of special, this is cool, and you know, it went well. And you sold it. Yeah. But you have,
1: yeah. You can't just um, send in a notice somewhere and sit back and expect. I posted a Facebook event. Where is everybody? I know. It (laughs) takes more than that. So um, I've really learned about how to sell things. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we did the altered Christmas show. We did it for eight years. It got huge. It got to about two dozen people in the show itself. Right. And, um,
0: mostly returning players over here on
1: Yeah, mostly returning players. Few people couldn't make it now and then, and, and so I'd have to get somebody else to fill. And it was, uh, I, I say fill their role, because it was actually sort of like a, um, a theater piece mm-hmm. in which there were certain characters that needed to be represented. So um, it got big, mm-hmm. and the... The reason I quit doing it was because I'd already done it for one thing. Uh-huh. It kind of took a turn to a. It didn't quite represent what I had hoped it would in the beginning. Hmm. It was a fantastic show, and I had the best players in town, yeah. and I'm so happy. But um, it was turning into sort of a comedy show, oh. and that wasn't what I intended.
0: Right.
1: I wanted it to be a show for people that just hate Christmas. Right. And have difficulty, not just hate Christmas, but have difficulty. With the holidays? Yeah, with the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody's passed away recently. Christmas is not a great time. No, it's a its a marker for stuff like that. Yeah, it's a marker. It's pressure. People go into debt at yeah. Christmas time with their credit cards. It's not fun. It's very, very um, intensive and a lot of pressure. It can be really stressful. It's not the jolly ho-ho-ho <laughs> yeah. thing that it's sold as. Right. And so I wanted to have like this antidote or a vaccine, really, to vaccinate people so that when all this stuff started to happen, they could laugh about it. Right. So there was a sense of humor, absolutely, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't the weird Christmas show. It it wasn't the. It went went too far in one direction, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It. um, Yeah, I just thought, well, I've done it, and Uh it was a lot of work. Yeah. You know, boy, talk about having a lot of work with like a four piece band when you have twenty
0: people. That's a lot of that's a lot of management.
1: It's a lot of management. And everybody shows up late and then wants to leave early for rehearsals. Yeah. So um I sort of thought,
0: okay, I've done it.
1: I feel yeah. very successful. I
0: can see that. And I've done different series of stuff where it's like an open mic for nine years and a concert series and something else at a wine. It's like, I think I'm good. I've done this. Yeah. Let me just... And there's I've quit things where it's like this is going really well, and now I'm done. Let's figure out what's next. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of fun too. Yeah. yeah, there's
1: nothing wrong though with you know something developing because mm. I could have definitely seen how it could have gotten bigger. It mm-hmm. could have been gone to different cities. Yeah, um, yeah. I could definitely imagine um, incredible success with it, mm-hmm. but um, that's not really what I I wanted.
0: It was supposed to be a kind of a fun project and. It,
1: yeah, and it was supposed to tell a particular story. Oh. And um, I also, you know, then, this is like 15 years ago, I was new to the producer hat, mm-hmm. which I, I love doing. So, you know, I learned a whole lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I still work with a lot of the people, and uh, it's it's a good thing. Nice. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at the last show's video right now. Are they online
0: anywhere? On YouTube? There
1: are some videos, if you go to... Um, Well, Altered.com, A-L-T-A-R. Oh, Oh, yeah, I'm going to keep that up. Um, Somebody contacted me a while back and said that they trademarked the word altered and that I have to stop using it. And he, he told me that they've been using it for like 10 years. And I said, you know, I didn't I respond.
0: I have the word the. I own it. You try, right. You know. right. Well,
1: you know, I looked and, I, and I, I realized that I had been using and I even owned my website for twice as long as they just said they were using it. Right. So I'm not really concerned about it. No,
0: no, no. yeah. I'll link that in the podcast notes so people can go and take a look at it. Yeah. That'd be fun.
1: Yeah, so there's altered.com and I've got lots of videos up on YouTube. Nice. I think that I'm going to edit some more because there were some new things that
0: Well, yeah, eight years of shows, you probably have lots of content you can pick from.
1: Oh, I've got lots of
0: great stuff. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so jumping from a specific kind of show to like a project, and I want to get to the book, too. Um, so well, let's go to your, your latest band, and then we'll just kind of spin around okay. a little bit. So Jazz the Dog?
1: Jazz the Dog is the name of our four-piece, mm-hmm. um, which is Rick Zeke, myself, Patty Maxine and Michael Westendorp, Wow, he plays bass, and wow. the four of us play all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll play with Patty whenever she will. Yeah, yeah. Um, And we've toyed with different names, mm-hmm. and um, usually I find it's best to just say who we are. So it's either Ron Wilson and Friends or Patty Maxine. Whoever right. gets the gig gets to say it's their That's band nice. plus yeah. friends. Because here's my marketing mind saying. If we start calling it a name, nobody's going to know who we are. Mm-hmm. So let's just use our names every time: Ron, right. Patty, Rick, and Michael. But we do kind of want a band name. We want a business card because sure. people are always complimenting us. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Rick has this stuffed dog that was his <laughs> pet for many years. It was his soulmate, and his the dog's name was Jazz. Perfect. And. He's thought many times about doing business card, I mean, uh, greeting card lines featuring mm-hmm. this dog, and uh, we take the dog with us now and then, oh, which causes quite uh, <laughs> a lot of attention. I'll bet. and it gets a lot of uh, comments. So we brought the dog I with can see us. His t-shirts one... and mugs and business oh, yeah.
0: cards and everything.
1: So one of the things that I believe in about marketing is get people's attention. Mm -hmm. right you know when you do a poster don't fill it up with a bunch of crap just do something that will make you know when you're looking at three dozen posters on a at the bagelry wall or some other you've got to have something that pops out
0: and half of those are somebody God bless them posing pensively with their guitar in a field somewhere, you know, and you, you you know, yeah album covers.
1: They're very similar, or there's too many words. Um, I used to be a graphic, well, I am still a graphic designer, so um, I've learned a lot about how to make clean-looking ads. Mm -hmm. And so, I jokingly said, Jazz the Dog. Why don't we call it Jazz the Dog, because what the heck does that mean? Yeah, People are going to remember that, they're going to wonder. It's short, it's catchy. Yeah. And if they ask you anything about about it, you've already got a communi- uh, a connection with them. Yeah. So cool. we're calling it Jazz the Dog, and of course already people are saying, oh, do you play jazz? Right, right. So we have to say, no, we do not play jazz. But they ask. Uh, we're is- jazzy, but they ask. So I get to tell them what we do, yeah. and that's
0: really the point. It sounds kind of like the phrase wag the dog, which I like, too, because it, it, oh, it sticks yeah. in your head.
1: Yeah, and I, ha- I remember that phrase, but I, don't, I hadn't thought of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and in a way, jazz is about improv, and mm-hmm. I do like certain types of jazz. So it's not that we're not jazz, but we're not we're not uh, we're not going to be playing in a, a lounge somewhere, right?
0: <laughs>
1: so that's um that's, that's my good. latest.
0: Yeah, and banning this is a good marketing discussion too. names are tough because I, I play with my friend Steve Kritzer, and for a while we were thinking about calling it something and our friends just said use your names you know and in our case we play about 10 times a year so it works and people yeah. we have our people that know <clears throat> us know us together and i was thinking of all these like you know insanely quote unquote clever names and i thought sometimes a band name can be like a joke that you have to explain well, what does that mean yeah. well then if they're not really that interested in it but i like jazz the dog that's catchy it's That's short. interesting. You can't mispronounce it. I've seen other band names that are like puns on stuff. Yeah. kind of is. I'm not going to say it on here, but I have some friends in a band, and I always there or they shove the words together. It doesn't like jazz. Yeah. The dog is very simple. Well, you know? it is.
1: It's easy to say. You're not going to mispronounce anything. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, people mispronounce my name all the time because I spell it funny. Do you
0: get Rahan or something? Oh, or? I get
1: Rahan and.
0: R H A N for those of you listening. Yeah, and
1: and I get Ran a lot. Really? I get Ryan a lot because they can't believe it's not Ryan. It looks yeah. like it would be Ryan. And um and I totally get it. It's yeah. it's not a common name, although it's um I I've, I've seen it. It's it's a, a foreign name of some sort, although that's not why I, I have it.
0: Mhm. But um was it your given name or you just changed No, it, my name
1: is Ron, R O N. And I changed the spelling um for two reasons, one is people know who that person is now. Oh, that's right. Ron with an H, people know that mm-hmm. as opposed to one of millions of RONs. Right. But the other reason was um, it allowed me to be somebody else. Yeah. I feel like I was very um, um, insecure and um, kind of quiet and not so... Um, I didn't give myself the permission to be um, anything I wanted to be. Looking back, I have always been pretty out there, mm-hmm. but I felt for a while that um, RON wasn't as outgoing as he needed to be, mm-hmm. to be playing in San Francisco, to do all these things. I was in some groups in uh, in San Francisco that were pretty wild and out mm-hmm. there. So I thought, wow, what if I just changed the n- spelling of my name? I don't need to change my name. It was just name.
0: enough to give you the, the... Yeah just the a little to like just. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I thought of Chaka Khan, I thought of Ali Akbar Khan, who's an, an <laughs> Indian musician. Uh-huh. Um, and I thought, hey, phonetically, it should work, sure. And uh, it was a little more exotic. And so as soon as I changed my name, that person was able to do anything he wanted. Hmm. And uh, now I look back and I don't remember how I used to be, but it was significant. And I encourage some of my students mm-hmm. to change their name for just one day at a festival or something like that. Yeah. Just change your name tag and let that person be all the things that, that you didn't think you could be. Yeah. And I've had some people come back to me and say they've tried it and, and wow. it's been successful. Interesting. You know,
0: I went from Mike to Michael about, 10, about 15 years ago. Yeah. For the same reason. Did that make a difference? Yeah. It's different. It's oh. just what, I think it's when I started playing. It was just a little more you know it just had a different different timber to it yeah so
1: and it also in the long run it doesn't matter you know no but if it if you need a little something like a placebo if you think you need That's a something good way of looking to at it give yeah extra it was confidence. already it was
0: always like wh- whoever you are is always there but this yeah. kind of gives you the permission to do it
1: yeah yeah and I just think it's a great little psychological trick because uh-huh. exactly so many people say oh I could never do that yeah well what do you mean you could never why yeah You're the one who's saying you can never do it. There's if I didn't know you, I wouldn't know who you are. I didn't know what you could do. Yeah, and to just think, you know, you could walk differently, you could dress differently. No one would know Mm -hmm. if you were in a strange town. So, what's keeping people from doing these things? Yeah,
0: and I think I think leading up to the book, I think (laughs) you know, being being okay to play in front of people and getting that extra courage. I think that probably all kind of ties into it too. Yeah, yeah. So you. Let's talk about teaching. I mean talk about your music background, which is your whole life, and you know This has like an eight gig card on it. That's that'd be an awfully long podcast So <laughs> you, you were raised as a, playing music pretty much. I
1: started when I was about seven or eight. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, So it's been 50 years now. I've mm-hmm. been playing music, and I took lessons and in um, Junior high and high school. I had wonderful teachers that I mean that was the only class I did well in yeah and they would let me take any instrument Home to play that they had extra lying around. So I, I had my, um, I played clarinet, cello, violin, trumpet, bass drum, marching drums, stand-up bass, timpani. Um, I anything they would let me take. I practiced and I learned. Wow. I didn't stick with trumpet. I mean that takes your embouchure and that takes lips and commitment to build mm-hmm. those muscles. But I learned it. I could yeah. play it. I could play scales and notes and. Um, I love rhythm, and I love Santana. So I would I grew up listening to Latin American music and mm-hmm. Puerto Rican and Cuban salsa, and I learned how to play all of that, that stuff. As much as I, I mean, I'm no expert, but I can play all of those well enough to back myself up wow. with a rhythm section that I would want. So I just love music. Mm-hmm. And so I've been, now I'm playing it and studying it when I'm not actually taking lessons. I study it, and I listen, and I... Dissect it and I don't analyze it like um, in a theoretical way as much as I analyze the the emotion that mm-hmm. I get out of it So uh, I just love music. So mm-hmm. I've been teaching uh, Do you want to jump ahead to teaching? Sure. Let's do that. Sure. So I've been teaching over the last few years and Mostly ukulele players. hmm There's a lot of ukulele players in this town Cruz there County, there's a, there's a bazillion of them. There's, there's a bazillion and none of them know really anything about music. These are people who for their whole life never played. Thought they couldn't play. Thought they couldn't play. We're told that they shouldn't be creative. Right. Um, I actually have another book project in mind oh, nice. along those lines. But what I'm doing is I'm teaching these people what I think is the most important thing first mm-hmm. right we don't need to learn how to read music we don't need too much theory but i'm teaching them how to listen and give them permission to to call themselves musicians mm-hmm. i have a lot of students who are actually playing a little bit and the first thing they say is well i'm not a musician right right well i think you are you're, you're playing an you're instrument, holding an
0: instrument and you're playing yes yeah. there's, there's there's sounds coming out that sound like music yeah. so you're Probably a yeah. musician.
1: Yeah, you may not be a great musician, so that's okay to say. You're learning, yeah. but I'm really into and I've studied a lot of self-help psychology books. That's been my other little hobby over the years. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I like to try to teach people how to first give themselves permission to learn, because if mm-hmm. you're going to hold on to that thought that you cannot learn, I have no rhythm kind of statements, right? then we're not going to get anywhere. So right. first I try to teach them to stop saying those things negative things. Put an H in your name, let it go. Yeah, change your name, do whatever, but stop saying you can't do something. Otherwise, we're wasting our time. Sure. Um, And then what's challenging about teaching music to people who know nothing about it is, I've got to look back to when I was young, how did I learn these real basic things?
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: I notice a lot of music teachers make a lot of assumptions and a lot of leaps of faith that people know certain terms and certain things. Mm-hmm. And so I, I see where they lose their students by by just using musical references. Well, you know,
0: and I get it from my, you know, and, and my, at my day job, I always say that, you know, I, I always raise my, goal go, I'm not afraid to ask a stupid question. What does this mean? And mm-hmm. I'll do that. It's like, and I can see if you're, If you're learning an instrument and maybe you're a little intimidated about i'm learning how to play and someone talks about a a, a type of rhythm or a term and if you don't know it sometimes people are afraid to ask
1: yeah people are and 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 they'll kind
0: of back away yeah
1: yeah so i do i encourage people i say Ask the question. Chances are there's other people in this room that want to yeah, ask the same question. Right. So it's not a stupid
0: question. If you have the courage to like speak up and ask the question, you're like already ahead of other people and yeah. they're going to thank you for asking the question so they don't have to think about it either. Yeah. There's so many things we take for
1: granted. I, I think, you know, like I was talking about microphones once. Mm-hmm. And I was just talking about microphones like everybody had one. Of course, everybody's used one. And somebody said, Ron, we don't all have microphones in our house. And for me, that was this really interesting like, realization. Oh, yeah. Like, well, of course you don't. Right. Why would you? I do, but why would you? So now when I talk about things, I'm really starting at step one. Mm-hmm. And then I go to step one and a half. I don't just jump to the... That's smart. I really take my time, and I always ask for a lot of feedback too. Right. Are you getting this? Are you not getting it?
0: And that way you don't leave anybody behind.
1: Yeah, yeah. and uh, it seems to be working. I've gotten best music instructor for three years in the good time scientific poll, right? I didn't realize that, so, oh, wow. Congrats. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of great music teachers in there this are. town. So, there are, there um, My, my uh, marketing background knows that um, those best of polls are really to sell advertisements mm-hmm um, yeah. they're not very accurate scientifically but the fact is I managed to get enough people to, to write in that's to nice. tell me that's so cool. I really I'm not gonna down downplay my no that's there. big
0: that's big um, and I was let, let's talk about the book um, all in good time um, we talked about this when it first came out but it's still quite relevant um, I looked at it as a self-help book for people that want to play music mm-hmm. when I was reading it I, I was I expected I didn't know what to expect and thank you for the copy when it first came out. It was a long time. It was not a long time ago, but um, I, I thought it was going to be a, like like a music book. And I was reading through yeah. And it's, it's a series of essays just to kind of get people feeling okay. And there, there's some instruction in here, but there's a lot of it. It's just like, you can play music. It's okay. That's kind of the message I got from the, yeah. the first. I want to read a couple of quotes, and we can just kind of riff off that. But um, I was highlighting stuff. Um, this is way in the beginning. Um, oh, this is talking about rhythm. For various sonic reasons, tambourines and shakers have a magical ability to either bring instant rhythm to all with an earshot or wreak absolute havoc on anything and anyone trying to keep a beat depending on the player's attention, focus, and alcohol intake. I just love the quote. <laughs> um, and focusing on the uke, um, hearkening back to a time when families would gather around the piano to sing, ukulele gatherings offer everyone a chance to participate in the universal joy of making music together Regardless of skill level. And that seems to be kind of your philosophy, too, in a way. I mean, it's. Well, this whole uke phenomenon,
1: and actually it's spreading quite a bit. You know, I'm being more and more aware of of people getting together to play any instrument. Right. Jams with songbooks and. Yeah, guitars and accordions and trombones and all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, the the thing that's absolutely fantastic about it is that it has definitely given everybody permission to play and yeah. sing and it's not a competition you know growing up playing music i have to admit you know i'm i'm very competitive and i look at bands and we were in rock and roll bands when i was younger mm-hmm. and it was about the show which i still love sure but You're presenting something. You want it to be
0: cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, you know, we were young and, you know, we're doing rock and roll and all the gestures and things like that. But what's really wonderful is there's people now who get to play music and sing and they're not being judged. And some do go on to try to make little bands. I know all these people that are... Actually, they're gigging quite a bit. (laughs) They're playing all over and um, they're having fun Yeah. and playing. And I really... I just can't think of anything better out of all of this. No, Is no. That...
0: And I think with, like, like in, in my case, I actually started playing late. I didn't play until I was in my 30s. Mm. I mean, I always loved music, always loved songwriters, but didn't play anything. Never just... I had a guitar, had a couple of lessons, never quite got it. And then I got in my 30s, and I thought, damn it, I want to learn a few chords. And then I started playing, and I was writing for my day job, or for the Sentinel and other things, and, and I thought, after I was playing, you know, the Neil Young covers, and the Tom Petty covers, and things of that. The, a lot of people start on, I thought, what if I could write a song? And then I wrote Highway Seventeen. Wow. And then I wrote, and I just started recording. So I just kinda dove into it. Yeah. Um and I so that was my story. But I think with Ukulele especially, it's such an unintimidating instrument. It's cute. It's petite. Yeah. It's not like getting, you know, if you haven't played before and you get you know, a guitar with six strings, you don't have calluses built up and what, how do you tune this thing? The uke is a, the uke is pretty forgiving. It's it's pretty, unintimidating. It's dainty, it's easy, yeah. yeah.
1: And there's not a whole lot of expectation no. associated with it. Yeah. Nobody's gonna expect you to blow their minds right. with your You don't uke. have
0: to put like Jackshima Bakuro. You, right. you can just, you know, learn a half dozen chords or three chords or two yeah. and actually be able to sit in and, you know, make some
1: music. Yeah. yeah. So it's a wonderful entry, or or a final instrument yeah, to play yeah. too. It's not like you have to move on, but it's certainly a wonderful way to pick up something, right? And instantly, it's por- and it's
0: portable. Yeah, you it's can it's take it anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: that other quote you mentioned about tambourines about rhythm yeah. was um, the the reason I wrote this book. It actually started in my mind when I was living in San Francisco,
0: mm-hmm. and. That's
1: right. um, I would go to these drum circles,
0: huge yeah, drum didn't circles. Yeah, you did that, right. right. Um,
1: you know, hundred drummers in Golden Gate Park mm-hmm. on Hippie Hill just dancing and there'd be incense and people drinking and partying and dancing and just an amazing scene and all these drummers pounding away together. And uh, some days it was just incredible. And every once in a while, somebody a little under the influence would grab a tambourine and start shaking it and within uh, a couple of beats the whole drum circle would dissolve yeah yeah and other times the drum circle would be kind of floundering around for whatever reason and somebody skilled would grab a tambourine and the whole group would come together you're right so a tambourine or a shaker is this kind of a tool that is very powerful and mm-hmm. Um, I'll explain to people that I'm trying to get to stop playing one. I'll say, you're holding a very powerful tool here. You've got to pay attention constantly. You can't let your guard down for a moment. And that usually turns them off because they think that playing the tambourine should just be fun and they can bang it around.
0: You've got to be part of the conversation that's going on. Yeah,
1: and you've got to pay attention. You can't drop your guard for a moment. Yeah, that's important. and, um, And the trouble is, is people need to be able to be authoritative enough Mm -hmm. to tell somebody to stop playing yeah Um, it seems so fun and nobody wants to tell somebody to stop playing but it has ruined so many things so i put that in and i'm actually asked every now and then to please write up something so that they can pass it on to these people who are disrupting things.
0: Something direct but cordial. <laughs> yeah, they asked yeah. me to write things and I just laughed. So yeah, it's right. funny that you pulled that quote it, out. It then. was one of the first things I, when <laughs> I, well, when I read that, I was thinking about a house concert I did and um, at our friend Marky's house. And there was a guy in the front, and I just, for some reason I had a tambourine on my gig back with stuff. And cause I, I like to do rhythm stuff too. Yeah. And I was, I was playing guitar doing, I forget what we're playing, but there was a guy, what's the, what's the, what's the phrase? Bless his little heart. Yeah. In the front row. And he grabbed the tambourine, and he just started beating on it. Mm. And it was awful. It yeah. was just awful. And I was like, it was, you know, quote-unquote, my show, me and the guys playing. Yeah. Um, and it just, I couldn't concentrate. It was yeah. bad. It was just bad. <laughs> yeah. So I just, from that line, from that, I always kept the shakers way back behind the microphone. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, what gets me about that is why would somebody think it's okay to join the band? Essentially, yeah, taking much. one of their instruments and just start playing it. Yeah. Why would think? Why would somebody think that's okay? For one thing, even if they were, even if they were an expert, you know, good musicians. There's a certain respect you have. Sure, you don't just sit in on somebody. If right. you're a, a quote unquote real musician, you understand that it'd be wonderful to be asked to sit in. But you don't. But just you don't sit unless in. you're asked. Yeah. yeah, you ask, or I think you. It ask. Was, I
0: think it was loose and informal, and he just this yeah. person
1: just thought it was okay. Yeah, then, uh, I would have no qualms about saying, "Whoa, stop right there." Yeah, no offense, but this yeah. can't happen. For me, this
0: was like ten years ago. I was still kind of getting <laughs> my stage legs. I was like, I, I, I think, I think yeah. we just probably called a break or something. That I put, yeah. just grab a tambourine and put it. But rhythm's a wonderful thing. Yeah.
1: You yeah. Well, I played a gig of, a couple of months ago with with uh, some people, and the lead singer handed out some shaker eggs to yeah. this bunch of kids sitting in front of us. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I I tried to keep my mouth shut for as long mm-hmm. as I could, but within one song, I told I told this person, I said, I won't play any longer
0: unless you get those back. I just can't do it. Yeah. My my wife years ago said, Why don't you make some little shakers and pass them out in the crowd? And I went. Uh, no, unless you're doing a kid's show and it's your very last song and it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, see, that would be different. There's nothing yeah. wrong with, with doing Just that. It's fun and goofy. But yeah, that would be fun. Not in the middle of a show when you've got work to do. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're not a, you're not being a daycare center when you're playing a gig. Right. As far as I'm right. concerned. <laughs> and it's not something you hand... I, I call them hand grenades. Why don't you help give hand grenades to kids? <laughs> it's, it's, no, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> so I'll, so get,
0: I'll get off my high horse. Yeah, so um, this
1: book was really started thinking about what could I do to help these drummers mm-hmm. learn about rhythm yeah and then um, comes the ukulele thing in Santa Cruz I was invited Perfect. to this group. Right. I'm I started blogging every day or every week about what would I say to this group that I was listening to
0: mm-hmm.
1: what do I notice would help these people play better together so I would start picking little Various things that I noticed that could have been improved rather than going to them and say you ought to do this or that right. they're not asking me for my advice um, So I'm not going to impose upon them mm-hmm. and but I started writing about what would help a group be better together mm-hmm. listening to each other That's right. key if you're not a musician either you can't explain things in musical terms to a non-musician Yeah, so this whole book of mine. It's a lot of analogies. I talk about Things that aren't, I talk about going on a walk instead of keeping time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there's all kinds of examples of things that people know how to do that is not musical. Yeah. And
0: then I talk about music in that way. Well, there was the party having the conversation. Right. Know, and, list- and listening, listening. Yeah. You don't have to, I think, you know, um, you don't have to play constantly. You know, there's, there's times where a little space is okay. You know, I've done that, and my writing too, songs all I'll put in like these pauses and it, when you're playing with people, it's like when I play harmonica um, with somebody, I, I don't play that much. You know, a little, little color here and there is that kind of all you need. That's all you need. Yeah. It's well like a conversation.
1: We've all known people at a party or so who will not shut up. And they're not as interesting to listen to. Mm-hmm. You kind of get tired and you want to tune them out. Versus that quiet person who's sitting in the back of the room who picks the right time Mm -hmm. and then says something brilliant.
0: Right, right. Those
1: are the people who you can't wait for them to say something else and your ears are on them. You're you're leaning forward, it's interesting. Yeah, Yeah. and they give you time to respond and you respond and it's a Mm -hmm. conversation as opposed to somebody who just talks, talks, talks. Right. And there's reasons for that. There's insecurity, there's nervousness, mm-hmm. too much caffeine. There's all kinds of reasons why people do that, but we know what that does to a conversation. Right, it's the it, same with the band. And it? it's exactly the same with the band.
0: You were talking about Latin rhythms, and, and I, I think I think today is actually Carlos Santana's birthday. Oh. And um, I remember watching him at the San Jose, I still call it the Tank, whatever it's called, whoever's sponsoring this show, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. The big, the big place in San Jose, and I remember a show a couple of years ago, ten years ago, and you know it's Carlos Santana and he's wailing away. But there were times when it was the other, He let the other band take turn, and he, he grabbed a, a sh- he grabbed the shaker, played it well, yeah. It was car- and he was running around, and just dancing around. But he just he let the band have their turn. He wasn't always playing all the time, yeah. You know, and with a a two, three, four piece, it's that way too. You know, it's, there's times for people to have their turn, unless you're the rhythm section, you know, and, and even then you can. You could stop and start and do Even
1: within a rhythm section, you know, I explained too about Latin rhythms is um, each person, the the clave player, the bongo player, the conga player, um, shaker players, they each have a very minimal part often Mm -hmm. that they repeat. They're not constantly making up new things. They have a set part that's very simple. Mm -hmm. And together it's like a woven fabric. Together it is this amazing rhythm. But each person by themselves is very minimal. They're just like spot-on to rhythm. And um, you were talking about not having to play all the time. Um, I, I told that to somebody um, in one of my classes. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, you don't have to be strumming all the time. And I think it was a woman, it doesn't matter, but she said, oh, really? She could not believe that was okay. Mm-hmm. Because the culture with the youth community is everybody plays all the time and everybody teaches everybody else. And so they teach good things, but they also teach some bad habits as Mm -hmm. well. And one of the things apparently this woman learned was that to play the uke, you constantly strum, constantly, constantly. (laughs) Wow. And she was, for her, it was this amazing realization that she did not have to work so hard. Right. Because she couldn't keep up. And it's like, well, no wonder. Yeah. You're like running a marathon constantly. You can just relax. She was amazed. And that's one of those things I never
0: thought you'd have to tell somebody. Because you've been doing this. Because for you, it's it's like it's rote. You've been doing it forever. Yeah. yeah. So
1: it's really quite a learning experience for me yeah. too to teach other people. And I remember how I learned.
0: Yeah. And I think I think this this book kind of this is a great. I'm going to call it a. It's it's a you know it's about music, but it's also just a great analogy. It's a great self help book. <laughs> and it's about music. But I remember when I first started playing, and. Um, and then playing, I th- for me, it was going to the Strawberry Music Festival when it was still in Yosemite and getting, mm. being, you know, um, okay, to take out my guitar around people I didn't know that well, uh-huh. you know, playing out of a songbook, and then I just, you know, and when I started playing out, you know, as, as, as Michael, as me, um, playing live, and then playing with other people, just, everything's ramped
1: up. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, festivals like that where you can sit around a campfire or picnic table or something and just start playing mm-hmm. is great because yeah. you start to learn. huh. Um, there's people that are way better than you but there's also people that you're way better than they are because mm-hmm. they're even newer at it than you are. Right. So you start to get a, a, a realization that it's all relative. It is. Everybody, you,
0: well it's always like with, with, with music, you're never going to be done. Yeah. You know, you're never going to be as good as you, there's always... A next level, and I think for me, um, I had this epiphany. It was a strawberry, but I think everybody that's done your book or gone <laughs> to your classes or probably goes through it too. I remember when I first started going, and it was it was a, a jam at night after the fest after the festival was done, and I was sitting way on the outside trying to strum my G and C and D, and then <laughs> and I remember a couple of years later I was like closer to the center. Uh yeah, you know, um, not that I was better, maybe but just I was more comfortable. And then at some point, I was helping to lead songs. And then I remember we'd be in our camp, and there were people kind of wandering up with their guitars way in the back. And I'd say, "Come on in, come on, just come on, just get in here," you know, and encouraging people that right. either didn't know us or maybe they weren't as confident, or or we had you know way too many guitars and there wasn't room. Whatever reason, it's like, <laughs> "Come on in and play." Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and it's cool. It's a community. It's real. And you, it is a conversation. You don't have to play in everything. And then I learned. You know, you know, probably at Strawberry too, or just around here in our county. But you know, you're, you're doing a song in a group, and someone's taking the lead. You pull back on your playing so you can hear the lead player. Those right. kind of things that are like kind of common sense, but they're not when you start. If you're being told to strum on every chord, that isn't obvious. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, what What you said a second ago
0: about um,
1: well, and being closer to the center of the circle, yeah, farther away. That's not necessarily an indication of how good somebody is. No, there's a lot of people who, due to their confidence, are, right. are very loud and confident, and they're not that um, capable. Capable, yeah. N- not not. And here I am about the conversation analogy, um, music-wise too. Mm-hmm. But even just um, on any given subject at a party, you'll have somebody who's a bit of a blowhard that talks like they know everything. And they don't necessarily know everything, right? but they have it's the, a great the confidence. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I like to tell people is, you know, um, just there's two things to develop. Of course, there's the skill, I suppose, mm. and there's also the confidence. And um, as you're learning your skills, you can also be learning your confidence. Mm -hmm. You don't have to wait till you know everything musical to then say, okay, now I'm going to go play music. You can get your toes in the water Mm -hmm. and start wading into the pool. And if it gets too deep, just come back a little bit. Yeah. But don't be afraid to go out there and don't think that just because somebody else is louder than you are means that they know anything. Yeah. You know, take a look around and sort of be a fly on the wall and watch what's going on. And and you'll see that there's all kinds of people out there. Mm -hmm. So you're, whoever you are at whatever skill level you're at you can join yeah take part and if you don't know what you're doing then just be cautious with what you say but you can still get in the conversation
0: Mm-hmm. yeah I think that's encouraging yeah and I've got a, especially like like festival jams where I've, I've walked up and, and you can tell it's it, it's a band and they're just screaming and they're really good i'll just i'll just sit and watch and enjoy it they're, yeah. obviously, they're obviously their own unit they're, you could tell yeah and it's like that's fine you know? yeah and some jams are like oh
1: come on in. do
0: you know any songs you know and you know it's, all, it's different but at a party you might you might walk up to somebody who's kind of clicky you know and they've got their their intense and in talking about something it's like oh, okay I'll, I'll walk over here that's cool. yeah you know it's, it's a great analogy yeah, well, that's just learning how to
1: how to read the room, I suppose. Yeah, you know? Is this yeah. appropriate? It's not always appropriate to just pick up a tambourine while the band's playing on stage. <laughs> yeah. You know, you have to know what's appropriate. Right. And sometimes that might be quite appropriate. Yeah, And sometimes you've got to say, well, wait a minute, these guys are playing a song, and this is a house concert where people are all <laughs> yeah. listening to this great group playing. Yeah, um, It's not appropriate for me to just pick up something because yeah. I'm not... The one they came to see. It's like walking up
0: to the jazz quartet and go, Hey, you know this Steve Earle song? It's yeah. not really going to go over <laughs> well." Yeah, so. so this is All in Good Time. Are um, you working on a new book? You've got something in the, in the works, in the, in the hopper, percolating? Well, I, I sent this book to my dad, uh-huh. um, who
1: is a journalist. He used to work at the Sentinel, too, as wow. a matter of fact. Um, and he said he liked my book. He said, You know, this book reminds me a lot of the book Psycho-Cybernetics. Okay. which was a popular book, a uh, self-help kind of book back in the 60s, mm-hmm. I think. And I went, wow, that's interesting because I've read the book. I read all those self-help books. Mm-hmm. I'm okay, you're okay, right. all yeah. of those books. I just love psychology. That was probably the only other t- subject in school that I liked hmm. besides art. Yeah. I sucked at everything else. I'm surprised I got through high school. Yeah,
0: but I can see the psychology working between you your teaching too. That's obvious. Yeah, so I love the psychology. So
1: one of the other kinds of books that I really like are these case studies by um, neuropsychologists and things like that where they describe these various patients who Mm -hmm. came in with a particular ailment and how he treated them and what happened to them. And I find that really fascinating. So one of my ideas for this next book is I want to start interviewing people... Well, I have one student, and uh, she was told in Catholic school that she should just shut up, keep quiet, and mouth the words. Whoa. Don't sing in the choir. Wow. And she's 70-something now. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know how old she is, but she cannot be held back now. She nice. has now found permission to sing, and <laughs> I cannot stop her. She just wants to sing this, and she wants to sing that. And I think that's so fascinating and sad at the same time that when you're young and somebody shuts you down you aren't wise enough to know that they may not be correct right right so you believe them uh-huh you you listen to them and then you never open your mouth again and you never sing and who knows maybe your parents were having a bad day at work and they told you to shut up and stop playing that darn racket right
0: that's one day, and yet that stopped you for the rest yeah, of your life. Again, you're young, you didn't have the forethought or the, 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 the history or the yeah. background. You're to go, well, they're probably not right. Yeah, I'm going to do it anyway. Or well, I could try it again. Yeah.
1: Right. So, so I kind of want to find myself a few subjects, maybe a dozen or a dozen and a half, of these examples of people who were shut down and have now gotten over it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and said forget it I'm all, 60 like all,
0: years all players and singers or kind of across
1: Or well I'm thinking mostly music mm-hmm. but I suppose if something else came up I would write about it yeah. but I think it's fascinating and so encouraging because reading these stories somebody might say whoa I had a similar experience right. maybe I can do this as well because it was
0: kind of it was kind of threaded through this book that same idea but actually having case studies even makes it stronger I think yeah nice I think it'd be fun I'll look forward to it um you want to play something just to close us out? We can grab something out of the card songbook
1: sure um, I, I have um, I, I have an idea for a song okay if I might tell you one more thing about the kind of yes act that Absolutely. we have now is um, there's a lot of groups and a lot of people are very concerned about um, doing what the audience wants. Hmm. So here's an audience, and they want dance tunes. So this, you know, a band will okay. Well, we got to play dance, or this they will get bored if we do this or that, or people won't like it if we do this or that. Mm -hmm. And um, that might be true if you're trying to to um, work with a particular group of people. I, on the other hand, would rather do what I want to do and find the audience that likes that. Um, Derek Sivers, uh, who created CD Baby, right. I read his blogs all the time. And he was talking about, um, I'll paraphrase what he said, but he says, even if only 1% of the people in the world like what you do, that's still like a billion people yeah, or millions of people. So do what you want to do and get those people that like you. Mm-hmm. Your so, thousand
0: true fans or whatever kind of metric you want to use. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I'm, I'm, not concerned with what somebody's tolerance level in the audience is. If they're easily bored, I don't really want to be serving them. Mm-hmm. I want to do what I love doing, which stimulates me and makes me play better. I was going to say you play better. That's be I play better. better. I don't want to be playing what... If you want to hear the Beatles song exactly like the Beatles, why don't you just buy the record? Right. I want to play what I want to play. And if you don't like it, that's okay. Go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But... The person that does stay is going to love what I do, and they're going to tell their friend who also loves it, and I'm going to have an audience that lets me do what I want to do, okay. and we're all happy. Right. So that's what jazz the dog sort of is: is we are doing what we want to do,
0: mm-hmm. and uh, we seem to be getting a good crowd. Who well, and appreciate you've, you've that. You've got some pretty competent. You've got Rick and Patty and Michael. I mean, like yeah, <laughs>
1: we're good players, <laughs> yeah. but we could do all kinds of things. Right.
0: And. Um, you're multi-genre versed. I mean you can We be... play
1: slow songs. Yeah. We like I happen to like deep slow songs. Yeah. And one of the best quotes I ever heard was I saw Neil Young at Bill Graham's Memorial. Mm-hmm. And he um, he said to everybody, he goes, Hey everybody, man, you know, sorry, but my songs are kind of downers, but that's who I am. Mm. And the audience just e- erupted with applause. Sure. And that statement made a huge Impact on me. Mm-hmm. It's that's who he is. Yeah. You don't want Neil Young playing bubblegum music. You mm-hmm. like Neil Young because of his dark right. side. And I don't want a bunch of phony friends that only want me when I'm making them happy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I want them to come to see what I have on my mind. A particular. Well, evening. it's
0: it's kind of like when I do covers. I tend to just pick obscure stuff that I really like. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. It's just like, yeah. So if you, uh, I can pause it. I'll pause it and And I will come back and get a song. I can do it for you. Alrighty, we can do that. Alrighty. So take us out with a tune on the ukulele. Yeah, this is a
1: baritone ukulele, and um, so this is a familiar tune. I'm going to do it in a minor key. I was going to say
0: this is nice.
1: Someone told me long ago. There's a calm before the storm, and I know it's been coming for some time. When it's over, so they say, it'll rain a sunny day, and I know, shining down. And I know I can't stop. I wonder. Creedence. Altered Credence. Altered <laughs> Credence. That could be a show. That, that could was be the start well. of a
0: show. That was the start of a show. Coming up yeah. next, Bad yeah. Mood Rising in the Kia V. Mind. Thanks for coming by and love the book All in Good Time ronwilson.com with an H. Yeah, Ron with an H. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Good talking to you, man. Yeah. Take care. That, that was fun. Once again, Ron Wilson, R-H-A-N Wilson.com talking about the book All in Good Time how to get started playing probably ukulele but anything just get out there and start playing read these essays pick up the book it's a great quick inspiring read um, and also uh, jazz the dog his new his new band with rick zeke patty maxine and michael wessendorf they play all over the area check them out again everything's at ronwilson.com the book the lessons get him as a teacher all that good stuff from one from ron wilson thanks again for hanging out ron Uh, Coming up next, and also thank you for listening and hanging out for this hour this afternoon, this evening, whenever you might have downloaded or streamed this interview. Coming up next on songs and stories, we're going to be talking with, uh, at some point soon, the Carolyn Sills combo. We've been crossing paths a lot. They're rumored to be starting on their third record. They're local favorites, and uh, great stuff from them coming soon. As always, we'll be talking to them sometime. I'm talking about it here so we commit. We're going to do this, Carolyn. We're going to talk and have a podcast again. Also, very soon we'll be talking with the Coffus Brothers again. They're working on um, a new record, and I know they have a big K Pig show coming up at the end of September. We'll be talking about that in the next interview uh, or so on Songs of Stories. So, once again, as always, whether you heard this on KC Cafe Radio, Grateful Dead Radio, Nashville or twitter or facebook or my site michaelgaither.com or the stitcher app or somewhere out there on the interwebs or itunes thank you for subscribing thanks for listening thanks for downloading and streaming and uh, please support these artists go see them by their records thanks again as always i'm michael gaither for songs and stories take care